folks, and welcome to another episode of the Club Rugby Collective Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Queensland Premier Rugby, brought to you by All Sports Physiotherapy. My name is Brendan Sorsatel from Queensland Rugby, and joining me as always is my good pal, Jay Ball. How are we, mate? Living the dream, saucy boy. How you doing, my brother? Yeah, it's grand final week. Couldn't be doing any better. That's it, right, mate? I am so pumped up for this. I am... So pumped up for this weekend. I think it's going to be an absolute corker across all grades as well. That's what I'm absolutely fizzing for. I think every match this weekend is going to be absolutely red hot. Mate, we've got four clubs in action uh, across the weekend. So obviously there's a massive contingent of brothers teams across the grades and they're in all Colts. Um, East has got first grade, second grade, third grade, fifth grade, women's. Uh, Colts 4 already won a title on Thursday night, so yeah. Tigers are going well, mate, but um, big weekend ahead, mate. Uh, but obviously, from grade East versus UQ, mate, probably a very fitting finish to the year. Yeah, mate, 100%. I mean, at the grand final breakfast on um, Wednesday, Benny Moen said, you know, both sides are one and one this season. Both sides have the same amount of wins at this, this stage of the season. So, literally, whoever wins this year is going to be literally the best team of the season. Most number of wins, most number of wins against the opposition. Um, so it is very fitting, as you said. And the best thing about it as well, we've got number one and two on the ladder um, after the regular season going through to the big dance. But on top of that as well, you've got two sides with two very different, um, you know, makeups of their sides as well as how they play. UQ, very young side, love to play high tempo, love to play through their backs and on the fringes. Whereas East, you know, more experienced, love their set piece, love to play a bit more direct and a bit more of a territory game. So you've got two teams on different ends of the spectrum by way of how they attack, by way of where they're at in their culture. You know, I think it's just, it's, it's just going to be an absolute belter. Well, mate, before we talk more about the upcoming grand final, let's look back to last week very quickly, mate. And obviously, mate, you were very pointed against the Tigers last week with how they played against UQ in the major semi. They must have heard it, mate, because, boy, they turned things around. Didn't they? Mate, that was exactly what they needed to do. I think if they just scraped through last weekend um, into the grand final, I think UQ would have absolutely smashed them. But instead, they come out against arguably the best attacking side of the competition and keep them uh, trialless. They keep them to only one penalty through Mitch Third. They score four tries themselves. They dominate the set piece. Their line out was on song again. They they came out and did exactly what they needed to do to not only book themselves a spot in the grand final, but in my opinion, book a spot in the grand final and probably be favourites because um, two weeks ago, I said last week, I don't think UQ played particularly well. I mean, they obviously their defense was amazing and that start they got was absolutely terrific. But I think it was more East lost that game. East played their worst game of the season. Um, and then a credit to Mudge and Benny Moen and all, all the boys there, the fact that they can, within a week, completely turn things around and do what they needed to do. Um, yeah, it, it goes to show just the, the level of um, talent and class and experience and and wise heads they've got in that side. Well, mate, I definitely think that East, uh, as we said, turning around from the other week, there were some great performances there. 
Um, I thought big Aiden Toa was great from the back. Um, but my big news heading into grand final weekend, Jack Frampton made a visit. He copped a knock there in that second and a half. Mm. Um, there was a bit of a HIA worry about him, but he passed all the tests of the day, played on. Eventually he came off and Reese Jacks went on to 10. But, um, mate, he, there's been some stuff going on during the week, medical officers involved and whatnot. Frampton's been ruled out for Sunday's clash. And big Aiden Tower, mate, is going to step up and don the 10 jersey for the first time this season. Oh, okay. Okay, then. Oh, mate, that is an absolute game changer. So who's playing 15 then? Dylan Taikato, uh, Simpson moves to 15. And I think the man that you really liked in commentary, nicknamed him Mighty Mouse, Max Baker, comes onto the wing. Oh, mate, don't mind that. Absolutely love that, to be honest. Look, I... I um... I don't think they lose too much, to be honest, without Jack Crampton being there. You know how much we love Jack Crampton. He's one of the most exciting players um, in the competition. But for the majority of this season, ever since Jack Crampton first got that injury in sort of round three or four, they've been running with Jaxie there at 10 and Aiden Toa anyway has been playing in that fly half position. Um, and then even when Frampton came back a few weeks ago, they were still running with Aiden Toa in first receiver. So I don't think they lose too much by way of this, the style of play they want to be doing because even when Jaxie and Jack Frampton were there, uh, Aiden Toa was pretty much that chief playmaker. So I, I don't think it's going to be such a shock to the system as you can imagine. Um, I just thought they might have put Jaxie in there. But I think, I mean, a credit to Mudge, he's just gone, you know, look, let's try something different. Let's try a new style of play. And I think um, if you watch that reserve grade prelim last week and obviously what we saw of Mighty Mouse in the um, back end of that second half when he came in for Jack Frampton, you know, he was absolutely stellar for your reserve grade boys. And then when he came on um, for the first grade, he was absolutely red hot. So I, I actually really like that selection. I love that um, he's got the, uh, the chutzpah to be able to make a call like that as big Muji um, in the biggest game of the year. And I think he's, he's showing his intentions that he really wants to, um, he really wants to attack hard against UQ because I think that's, what's going to win it for him. They need to attack on those fringes just as UQ is going to do. So, you know, you've got a back three of Kennedy, Taikato Simpson and uh, Maxi Baker, all guys that are very, very good on their feet. So um, yeah, mate, look, that, that's a big call, but I think that's a great call by Mooch. Well, mate, he's probably just put Aiden in the jersey, mate, that he really probably should have had on his back all year. Like, you know, people used to talk about how Quaid would jump between, like, fullback and tender and stuff like that. And essentially, Aiden's almost been doing the opposite, coming from fullback into 10. He's played a hell of a lot of first receiver. Mm-hmm. And you even think about in the lead-up to their first try last week, that little inside line to Landon Hayes to go to the try line that was off Dossie. So, you know, I think it'll definitely, you know, work in their favour potentially, mate, in terms of just having Aiden there rather than working with, while well, Jackson's played a lot of footy, playing another 10, mate. And, mate, I'm stoked for Maxie Baker. Um, you know, I've played in third grade games with him in the last couple of years, mate, and he's gone from strength to strength, mate. And, you know, we like to call him the best-looking bloke at uh, Tigerland, mate. So... Yeah, he's our uh, East version to Clark Kent. 
Oh, yeah, sort of like I'm the West version of Clark Kent, best-looking man at West. You need hair to be that, mate. I've got plenty of hair. It's just not on my head. <laughs> exactly. <In> my back. <laughs> <laughs> one, day they'll, one day they'll figure out a transplant, mate. Oh, I think um, they have. I think it's just too far gone. And at the end of the day, I don't think it's the lack of hair that's really making it my life difficult, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but in saying all that, I definitely feel for, for Frampton, mate. Obviously, he's had a rough trot over the last few years with injuries. Um, you know, he's meant to go down to Aussie Sevens. And I think he literally had a conversation with um, Tim Walsh um, on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, one day last week after coming back and playing some regular minutes and club footy and then did his ankle at training where we had a bloody ambulance come out and pick him up and whatnot. So he's just had a horrible run of luck and this adds to it, mate, but he's definitely got a big future ahead of him, mate. Let's just hope he can, he can stay injury free and we'll see some more of him more regularly. That's it, mate. Look, there's, there's no denying just how good Jack Frampton is. I mean, we've said before, like obviously Tim Walsh is all over him, but we've said before, he's got such a huge future in the seven-man and potentially 15-man game. But as you said, yeah, I think last year he had that broken wrist and then that ankle injury and then, you know, coming back this season, these concussions and all this sort of stuff. So he's been battered a little bit, has Frampton, but, mate, he is, he is a fantastic footballer. I think, um, yeah, mate, the sooner they can get him on the park for extended periods of time, the better. So, yeah, I, I I do feel for him, but very true. Well, look, mate. Um, before we jump in and preview this week's matches, obviously we had the QPR breakfast earlier this week, um, and we spoke to the coaches there. So let's hear from UQ head coach Mick Heenan and East head coach Moses Rulooney ahead of this weekend's final. So here with East head coach Moses Rolini. Moses, 2020, it's been a challenging year, but the Tigers, mate, they've faced every challenge that's come up against them and have performed well. Yeah, they have, mate. I've been uh, very impressed with the, the efforts this year. Um, you know, there's been a few hurdles, um, especially the one um, up at Bond in, at, at the Gold Coast, but I think it, it taught us a good lesson. And then, uh, you know, the prelim final versus um, uni really taught us a lesson also about finals rugby that we have to lift and um, stick to a game plan and uh, we didn't turn up to that game and you know I was really happy with the turnaround when we played Bond on the weekend but another big challenge this week against uni again um, Now mate obviously nearly two pre-seasons COVID obviously had a massive uh, layoff for everyone but to have six teams mate from East get through to the finals um, just tell us a little bit about uh, just how much resilience this year from the club over the last few months I think it's a it's a great effort um, uh, from the club as a whole. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of the boys, and I think it's um, instilled within the, within the culture of, of, of our club. And um, you know, to have those six teams playing, and you know, they've been playing well um, all year. So, um, you know, unfortunately, we missed out on the on the fourth. So, um, but you know, the other teams will, will really play well for them. So, you know, um, I, I think the turnaround after COVID, you know, with the one round season, you know, it was it was, it was more intense. Uh, and uh, more high-quality rugby. So I, I think it's um, it's a great turnaround for the club and, um, you know, I'm really happy for the boys. And mate, ben Moen, Alec Evans, medalist. Just tell us a little bit about um, how much of an impact Benny's had on the season at East and the, the wider squad and just how deserving he is of that accolade. 
Uh, he, de- he deserves every, every accolade he, um, he got today. And, um, you know, for, for what he's brought to our, our team, to our club, um, you know, his decision-making on the field, his decision-making off the field has really showed a, um, a big professionalism um, change in, in our club and in our first-grade team especially. And, you know, it's filtered down through through the club and hence why we've, we've got a lot of boys, uh, a lot of teams through to the finals, I believe. Mate, with regards to, um, you know, you've had professional players like Benny and Aiden back, mate, Michael Gunn is a former Red, but who are some of the more of the unsung heroes, mate, that have really sort of stepped up for, for Eastern Prem grade this year? Uh, I believe a, a guy like Matt Smith, who's come over from um, West, we're lucky enough to get him. Um, he, he's been, his work rate on the field and around the park has been outstanding. Um, his training and uh, work ethic has been really good, and, uh, you know, he's fit right into the system we've been trying to play, and... Um, you know, defensively he works. He works. Uh, he works his butt off, and you know he's he's really performed well, and hence why he's um, you know our starting twelve, and um, we'll, we'll be there for a while, I believe. Um, um, other other guys, I guess uh, Eli Pills, who's been there for a bit, but you know he, this year he's probably has been his um, um, standout year, I believe, and um, probably because he's kind of played um, nine the whole year and injury free. Uh, mate, just UQ this weekend, mate. What are you expecting out of the Red Heavies, mate? Obviously, well first come finals. Yes, they are well versed, and um, you know they're they're used to these finals. But I, I believe the breakdown will be, will be a, um, uh, a big a big um, issue. Um, you know, we'll have to really protect our ball when we carry because they've got hard guys on the ball, and uh, when they carry, they get very very quick ball to you know feed their quick outside backs. So you know, hopefully we can we can um, slow that down um, so we can get our defensive line ready to. Um, you know, to really um, step up for Mark and, um, you know, um, try and try and break down their attack. Here with UQ head coach Mick Heenan. Heno made obviously a massive year for UQ, mate, given all the challenges that uh, COVID put on everyone, mate. But just how pleasing is it to be in another grand final? Oh, it's great. I mean, this, this is why we play the game, Brendan. Um, you know, it's not just for the, the fun and the camaraderie. We also want to win. Um, and uh, so it's great to be in a grand final. Made a lot of changes um, in the heavies lineup this year, mate. But you've also had a couple of old dogs come back with the likes of Con Foley, Scott Gale, Connor Mitchell. Just talk us through some of the guys that came back and the impact they've had. Yeah, well, it's a different sort of season. Um, you know, we had two pre-seasons and then we went into a sort of a cutthroat one-round competition. So it's been important to have a few level heads out on the field. And you know, guys like Con and Scott have been there and done that uh, at uni and overseas. So to have them, you know, fortuitously be stuck here because of COVID um, has been great just for the young guys coming through. I mean, we, we, we still had young guys like Matt Greeley and Will Roach and, you know, like we always do, we lead in a few cults here and there. Have those level heads guiding them has been wonderful. And, mate, you mentioned Greeley there, mate, obviously under-20s player of the year. Um, just how special, mate, has his year been in his first year out of school? Yeah, it's not too often that, that someone can come in uh, first year out of school like Mac has and have the impact he's had. You know, from the, probably the first trial, uh, you know, back in February, we, we realised he was uh, he was a pretty special talent. He skipped around a couple of guys out at Sunnybank and ran 40 metres to score, I think, with his first touch. And uh, I think the coaches looked at each other and thought, we've got, we got a special one here. So, And, and he's, he's been wonderful all year and, and, a, and a really good level-headed kid. And, mate, we mentioned the challenges of 2020, mate. How impressive have you been with your playing cohort to, I suppose, put those aside and come together as a group and, you know, reach another GF? Oh, look, it was actually really motivating uh, when we first got back together after the, the COVID break to see what good shape everyone was in and how keen and energetic everyone was. So, you know, I guess a bit, bit of that's letting out a bit of cabin fever, but physically 
they were in great shape. It is obvious they'd worked hard and obvious they were really motivated to, to do well. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough of them. And, mate, um, I think one of your best recruits this year, Connor Vest, mate, coming up from North and Shoot Shield. Um, a real abrasive mate, guy that can play lock or back row. How massive has he been just within your forward pack? Oh, he's been one for him. He's, a, he's a, a bigger body. He's a bit more experienced. You know, he's 25, 26 now. Um, and he brings those different experiences. He's played in the Premiership at North. He's played NRC. And he's a really good guy. He's a bit of a different guy. Um, but we, we sort of embrace that, those sort of differences at, at uni. Um, he's fitted in really well. Now, mate, obviously back in round three when points were first played for, mate, it was a cracking game between you guys and East over at St. Lucia. And obviously through to the GF now. What are you expecting this weekend? And did you get a sense back then that you'd be facing the Tigers later in the season? Oh, we knew East would be there or thereabouts. I think even even before we played them, um, you know, getting Ben Moen back, which has been wonderful for, for East, obviously. But it's been great for club footy as well to have some of those experienced guys back into the competition. I think it's, it's contributed to a, a really healthy level of competition this year. As far as East, what we expect from East, I don't think there's going to be too many surprises from either team. You know, East have played a similar way all season and, and Uni have played a, a similar way all season. So, you know, we both know what to expect and we're just going to go at it on, on Sunday. So some great stuff there from the coaches. For Heenan, he's obviously really proud of his group, what they've been able to achieve this year. Um, but really looking forward to a final against East. So I think, you know, as the most experienced coach we've got in Prem Rugby, um, he's... He sees that, you know, it's the right finish to the season and, you know, he's chasing his sixth title within 10 years, which is a crazy feat in itself. Um, and for Moses, uh, I don't think I've met a coach more passionate about the club he's coaching at. He loves Tigers. He's stoked to have six teams in the finals, not just Prem Grade itself. And, mate, he'll be absolutely pumped for the weekend ahead. Uh, but also at that breakfast, Jay, you were there on the mic doing your thing. We saw the um, different clubs and individual players awarded through for their efforts throughout the season. And Alec Evans medalist, none other than Benny Moen, mate. How fitting. It is fitting, mate. He's been absolutely fantastic this season. I mean, we, we've said over the last few weeks, you know, myself, guys like Dallin, Chips Blanche and all that sort of stuff that, we really thought Eli Pills was an absolute shoe-in. He's been fantastic. But there's no denying that Ben Moen has been the beneficiary of just how well this East Tigers side have been going. But a lot of that is led by him. He's a fantastic leader. Um, you know, his work rate around the field, he's 35 years old. Look, I get it. You're fit. But he happens to pop up in places that you just have absolutely no idea that someone could make it, someone of his size and ability. Like, it is just crazy. So it's fantastic to see, though. Like, we saw that video um, you shot last week, and the last thing he said is, if I can say one piece of advice, like I'm paraphrasing here, but if I can give one piece of advice to any of these former internationals that are going around, come back to your local club, and it is the best football you will ever play. It is the most enjoyable footy you'll ever play. And he you can see that in the way he interacts with the fans, the, the, his um, his teammates, his coaches, you know, players from other um, clubs. Like, you can just see something in Ben Moen that, you know, you, you don't typically see in professional footy players because for a lot of them it is a job, you know. Like, it's hard going. It's hard graft. 
that you see someone of his caliber turning out week in, week out for his local footy club and getting around the boys. And it's just, it's, it's fantastic. So, Mate, I think it's very fitting that Ben Mullen picked up the Alec Evans medal um, in his final season of of playing footy um, because he's had an absolute stellar season. Yeah, mate. Well, I think, you know, I'd definitely love to have him around, mate. Um, obviously, it's much easier for me to get media coverage when I've got a former Wallaby skipper running around at club rugby. <laughs> but, um, mate, I... If you're sidelined during an East's halftime chat, he just he commands that side. You can, he's got the respect of everyone there automatically. You know, Mujis said that he's essentially like another coach for the guys on the field. Um, yeah, it's it's impressive, mate. You can see the why he captained his country. Mujis said that during this week, and I definitely agree. Uh, his his leadership credentials are through the roof. Um, but, mate, I suppose on another end of the scale, we saw someone who's just sort of starting out their career awarded as well with Mac Reilly named the under-20s player of the year. Um, a massive accolade to the young gun made after what's been a, a cracking first uh, foray into Prem Rugby. Oh, oh, mate, 100%. There's no denying that. He, mate, he's probably been the best outside back this season. I think guys like... Um, you know, him, Max Dowd, Rian Stowers, there are these youngsters that are coming through in the outside backs that are just absolute weapons. And Mac Greeley, as an 18-year-old, has been freakish. You talk to Connor Maroney, the definition man, and he says, you know, he's never met a player as confident as Mac Greeley. And, and you know, not, not in a cocky or an arrogant way. Like, there is this arrogance or this cockiness but he just backs himself and you can see it literally the first game we called I think um earlier this season the first one for points UQ versus East he picked up a brace and mate you can just see this kid carries himself so well on the footy field and just is willing to back himself in and and have a look at the under 20s players sorry the the Queensland under 20s uh, player of the year over the past few seasons, um, big source. You've got uh, Harry Wilson two years ago, who's now playing for the Wallabies this weekend. You've got Josh Flick last year, who made his Queensland Reds debut. And Matt Greeley, who's already in that Queensland Reds um, system. So we have a wealth of talent in our younger grade system. You know, there are guys at UQ, Patrick Elicana, um, or, uh, you know, even Jasper Mellish, who are absolutely chopping up. You know, at Brothers, you've got, uh, is it Titi, Nofar, Fatanga Tanga, or whatever it may be, the number right there. He's been absolutely awesome this season for them. You know, we have some great young footballers applying their trade in the Colts and or Premier Grade system. And, and I, I, for one, am absolutely fizzing at the standard of football that we can expect out of them. But at this present time, congratulations to Matt Greeley, who well and truly deserves to be the Queensland Under-20s Player of the Year. Very true, mate. And, you know, great point, mate, in terms of pointing out where our previous winners have gone. Harry Wilson, two years ago, he went from Under-20s Player of the Year to Player of the Year last year with the Alec Evans medal. 
to obviously making his Wallabies debut against the All Blacks only a couple of weeks ago. And the fluky obviously comes through to the Reds this year, mate. And mate, Mac, mate, I think he's going to be something special in years to come, mate. So, um, yeah, he's a very, very handy young player, mate. Uh, as well as chatting to the coaches at the breakfast, we also spoke to the award winners in Ben Moen and Mac Greeley. So let's hear from the 2020 Alec Evans medalist and the under-20s player of the year. Um, so Ben, to be awarded Alec Evans medal, mate, um, how much of a little nice personal echo is that made ahead of the GF? Yeah, look, um, it was a really nice surprise, to be honest. Um, I think there's been some pretty amazing performances from guys throughout the year, not only in our team but across the whole competition, so I certainly wasn't expecting it. But, uh, you know, it's a nice little uh, reward at the end of a good season. Mate, you mentioned um, that you guys got a long history, your family with uh, Alec made up on stage. Just tell us a little bit about your family connection with uh, the great Alec Evans. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it was really special get, receiving the award from Alec today. Uh, Alec was one of my dad's first coaches uh, when he came through the junior system. And then uh, when I moved into the Reds Academy, he was actually the head uh, academy coach in the Reds and, and took me through uh, my first few paces in the first couple of weeks. And uh, my dad's name being Sean, he often would refer to me as Sean, your, your body, ha- body height's ordinary, get it down. Um, and so, mate, I, I was really fortunate to have that sort of quality coaching uh, from a young young age, and then to receive the award from Alec today was really special. Um, mate, just another great performance on the weekend, mate, in the prelim final. Um, obviously, you guys definitely learnt your lessons from UQ, and it seems that you guys are re, sort of refocused ahead of the GF. Yeah, I think we got a massive lesson from UQ around intensity and finals, um, you know, and making sure that you put your best performance out there because anything less is not going to get you the, re- the result on the weekend. So um, we're pretty fortunate that we had we got to have that lesson and still be alive in the finals. So uh, with much better performance against Bond, but we know we've got to go up that, that next level uh, to win the GF on Sunday. Uh, given, mate, the... Um the year that it's been with all the different challenges, mate, just how proud are you of this Tigers group that has been able to come together and, um, you know, achieve something great, not just in premier grade, but across the club after, you know, what's been one of the most challenging years that, you know, any of us have ever seen. Yeah, no, super proud of the club and, and the management and all the supporters and, and the volunteers that go go into getting uh, the club ready each weekend and, and putting it around together because uh, obviously this year is really unique uh, circumstances and for us as a whole, uh, I think we had 10 sides in the, in the finals all together, but then to have six sides into the grand final on Sunday, um, you know, it's really special for, for us as a whole this year. And, you know, I know each of those individual teams will be aiming to, to finish it off the right way and, and finish with the, the big win. So, um, look, it's been a really rewarding year and, and special for the, the club as a whole, but we'd like to finish it off and, and make it even more special. And uh, just to finish off, mate, UQ, what are you expecting out of them in the grand final, mate? They're obviously well-versed in the uh, the GF day arena. Yeah, look, the, you know what you're going to get from UQ in the grand final. It's going to be a huge performance. So um, in terms of surprises there, there's not going to be any. They're going to be on. Um, from our group, I think we're really excited to bring our intensity that we've created uh, and the momentum we created off last weekend's game into that final. So, look, you want to be in these big moments. You want to be in the moments where all the pressure comes, where you you know, that different sort of intensity is needed because that's when the best performances come out and I'm sure which uh, the side that wins on Sunday will be the side that delivers. So here with UQ, outside back, Mac Greeley, who's just been awarded the under-20s player of the year. Mac, a great accolade, mate. Yeah, it's uh, obviously an honour to be recognised for the for the year that's been had. Uh, 
a lot of good players have uh, taken that award, uh, award before me, so uh, just looking to enjoy this weekend and build on that in the years to come. Now, mate, obviously it's your first year out of school, coming into club rugby. Obviously you're trialling year with COVID and all that sort of stuff, but how much have you enjoyed um, playing out the season with UQ and just getting some senior footy in the bank? Yeah, I've loved this year. It's uh, honestly been one of my most enjoyable years of footy. Uh, I love rocking up Tuesdays, Thursdays, putting in the work with, with my teammates and then weekends. Uh, obviously, I've been uh, honoured to be at this club and they've they've taken me in and welcomed me and I think it's shown on the field. They've uh, given me opportunities all around the field, so I'm very grateful. Now, mate, UQ's obviously... Um well-renowned for developing young talent, mate. We've seen lots of guys come through to the red system and onto higher honours. Um, who've been some of the most influential characters for you this season, mate? Uh, I think definitely with uh, Scott Gale and Con Foley coming back from America. Um, guys who've done it all uh, in club rugby and overseas and and with Reds or Australian Sevens, uh, just learn off those blokes week in, week out. And recently, Jock Campbell coming back. Obviously, uh, the Reds' time at fullback, so... To pick and choose their brains has been a lot of fun and, and to get to know them off the field has also been uh, great for me. And from a coaching perspective, mate, obviously, Hino's um, probably one of the most successful coaches Premier Rugby's ever seen, mate. Um, tell us a little bit about Hino and what you've learned off him. Uh, with Hino, yeah, I just learned uh, to keep things simple. Uh, a lot of times I try to overplay my hand a bit, so this year it's been really good for me to just focus on other, other areas, you know, run hard, carry hard, uh, tackle hard. Um, so a lot of the time keeping it simple has been allowing me to focus more on the little areas of the game and those big players will come. Now, mate, in terms of stepping up out of school footy straight into senior rugby, mates, what's been some of the biggest lessons you've uh, you've learnt this year, mate? Um, this year I've just learnt a lot more about the way uh, rugby gets played uh, in senior footy and I've learnt a lot tactically. I think I've uh, week in, week out uh, looked to improve my decision making, which has been a big thing for me. Um, learning off the players how they play the game and just different ways. You know, don't have to play the same way every week and, and try new things and, and look more positionally instead of uh, probably running a lot more and stuff like that. So I've, I've learned definitely a lot uh, tactically more than anything this year. And mate, with uh, East this weekend, mate, um, obviously you guys got the win over them a couple of weeks ago in the major semi final, but what are you expecting out of the Tigers? Uh, expecting, yeah, the way they've played all year, they've been minor premiers. They had a great win on the weekend. I uh, definitely think they'll come out very hard. Uh, it's Benny Mullen's last game, so they've definitely got something to play for there. Um, we've just got to stick to our footy, not worry about uh, what they're doing. Yeah, we've we've come a long way to get here, so this week will be a tough test, but I think uh, if we play, play the right footy, it should go down well. Well, Jay, before we jump into final predictions, mate, uh, there's also going to be some history made this weekend with the women's grand final. Obviously, Sunnybank, mate, I had a look in the annual reports this week to go back how far it's been since they lost. The last time another club held the trophy other than Sunnybank was 2014. UQ beat Sunnybank 11-10 in the wet at Bellymore that day. And then since then, the Dragons have had a hold on the women's trophy. They got knocked out of finals last week by GPS. And this weekend, we will see the Galesers go up against East for the final, mate. And I'm pumped for this one. Mate, it's got to be a corker. And Source, it's not just holding on to the trophy for five years. It's not having lost a match of footy for five years. They were undefeated premiers five years in a row. Mo Virtue developed a program out there at Old Mac that is unrivaled in recent memory. I mean, she is an absolute gun. And what she created out there was absolutely fantastic. 
fantastic. But uh, this season has been absolutely awesome for the Women's Premier Program. We had all nine clubs represented um, for the first time in the history of the game. We've seen other teams um, absolutely flourish under, um, you know, the the pressure that is added from going up to this top-tier competition. A team like Bond, full to the brim with fantastic sevens players moving over into that 15s game and they play finals in their first season. You know, I, I think this season of women's rugby has been absolutely fantastic and it, and it just goes to show, you know, like, the game is growing brilliantly here, not just in Australia, but uh, in Queensland, but around Australia. And I think it's fantastic to see. Now, in regards to the grand final, you can't go past East. I mean, that side is just absolutely red hot, led by uh, Annabelle Cody. I mean, Cobbler is an absolute gun. She is a mongrel on the footy pitch. I saw her, I think, a year or two ago in the grand final, Doggies versus Sunnybank, just absolutely teeing off, getting in scraps, belting chicks left, right and centre. She is an absolute gun, but there's no denying there's plenty of talent in that Jeep side as well. So, look, I, I just think by sheer um, talent and sort of the, the momentum they've had all season, you can't go past the Tigers girls there, South. I'm not going to disagree with you there. Um <laughs> <laughs> And mate, they've got some um, some quality coaches getting involved in the mix too, mate. So obviously, uh, you know, everyone knows about former former East Premier player in, in Tyrell Barker um, as the director of rugby there, and he's helping out. And then the other guy, mate, James Sewer, probably one of the hardest blokes to ever play Prem grade at both uh, Sunnybank and East, mate. He's helping coach the girls as well. So that's. Um, a really positive thing in terms of getting some great quality coaches getting involved with the girls and assisting in that space. I think that's been a massive necessity for women's rugby is um, getting some quality coaches at the club level, helping give back. And you know, we're seeing the the benefits that that can have. Oh, mate, hundred percent. I mean, you heard me just before waxing lyrical about Moana Virtue, and it goes across the whole board, like. Yeah, as you said, you know, James Stewart, I had the privilege of coaching him down at Logan and, you know, playing against him. I had the displeasure of doing that. Um, but he's an absolute man. He's a free footy You know, and he only imagine how much knowledge he can impart on those girls. But Tyrell Barker, I mean, again, very much the same. He's a fantastic footballer, a great bloke, and, and he really loves the game. And to have someone as passionate as him, you spoke before about Mudge, how impassionate he is about coaching at um, Tigerland. And that would go very much the same for Tyrell Barker in that director of rugby role. And you could see just the benefit it has of having players and people and coaches all buying into the culture and to the club itself, evident by the fact that that you guys picked up the Dowdy Shield this season. Well, that was the missing link, mate, getting the women's team up and running. So thank you, girls. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, mate, we spoke to the women's captains as well at the breakfast. So let's hear from East Captain Annabelle Cody and GPS Captain Ed Malugu Dicko Dixon. Here with Annabelle Cody from East. Annabelle, Tigers through to the GF after women's rugby is back at East for the first year. Minor premiership already secured. How pumps everyone for Sunday? 
we are really pumped. Uh, obviously, couldn't get a training last night because of the weather, um, but nevertheless, we're really pumped, ready to go, and it's definitely going to be a really exciting contest against Jeeps. Now, obviously, you faced Jeeps in the semi-final just a week ago. It was a great physical clash. Um, what did you take out of their prelim final performance against Sunnybank? Vua. <laughs> Vua definitely uh, was a secret weapon in that game. I think everyone knows that. Um, so we've got a few plans for her. But also, it's going to be a really physical contest uh, among the forwards. We know that. Um, but in a similar vein, the backs can obviously um, be pretty lethal as well. So we're going to have to shut them down where possible. Now, you're one of six teams from East in finals this year. Um, just how special of a year has it been at the club overall? It's been really special. Um, I think it's always a bit daunting starting a new team um, at a club, but the boys have gotten behind us, all the staff at East have gotten behind us, and it's really exciting for uh, us to have teams in the final, and especially the Prem men. Um, now, in terms of women's rugby overall, we mentioned it in the breakfast just now. It's the first time ever that there's been nine teams from all nine Premier Clubs in it. It seems that the club game's really benefiting from uh, some serious growth in the 15th side. Definitely. Um, it's been such an exciting year having all nine teams uh, in the competition. I think as well, it's obviously evened up the playing field a little bit more. Um, Sunnybank obviously set the ben- benchmark for many years and will always be appreciative for them uh, for that. But, yeah, it's really exciting. You don't know who's going who's gonna to win games and you never can foresee the outcome before the game's finished. That's exciting. Sorry. In terms of coaching over at East, you've got former Prem grade players and Tyrell Barker and James Sewer um, helping out you guys. Just how much of a benefit have they been from a, a learning point of view and just with given where they've sort of reached in terms of the heights of the game? Tyrell and Sewer have been, have been awesome. It's been awesome to learn um, from them. They have so much knowledge of the game and obviously great players themselves so uh, it's been really great and, and we're extremely grateful to have coaches like them uh, coaching the women. So I'm here with uh, Dicko from the GPS women's team. Dicko, true to your, just your second grand final in the women's rugby history, how excited is everyone after that win in the prelim on the weekend? Yeah, pretty excited. Um, it was a really entertaining game. I was on the sideline so I got to watch the whole game um, but yeah, it was pretty entertaining and pretty good to knock off um, Sunnybank having, you know, been the benchmark for women's footy for the last five, six years, I think. Yeah. Now, in terms of the performance on the weekend, we saw some big performances from your props. Vua Razalia, Halisha Samoa, obviously Vua having represented Queensland, Halisha, a Wallaroo, player of the tournament last World Cup. How awesome is it to have those girls there leading from the front and obviously having the impactful team that you'd expect from players of that kind? Yeah, really good. Obviously, Vu has um, taken a few years out, I think, from footy, and then she's come back sort of refreshed, you know, keen to get in and stuff. So having her come off the bench on the weekend, I think, was a really good impact player for us. Um, And, of course, H, I mean, her experience, you know, having her back, because she was initially at Jeeps when we first started um, six years ago, um, but having her back has been amazing. She's helped with the forwards, you know, with the scrumming and everything, and then, obviously, she's just... She knows everything about footy. She's, she's been great. An asset to our team. Now, you've had a new coach this year, Dean Moore's come in. Um, how much have you enjoyed learning from him this season? How much of an impact has he had on the girl? Um, yeah, really good. So, obviously, with him came um, a few of the brothers' girls. Um, but, yeah, no, I've actually um, been coached by Denny before under for Sevens, Nations. But, um, yeah, no, he's amazing. He knows a lot and he brings really good culture to the team as well. And I think, um, obviously, with brothers and Jeeps coming together um, this season, you know, girls were a little bit unsure about that, but really we've just come together. Like, it's been awesome. We're, you know, like a massive family. So, yeah, it's been good.
Now, taking on East this weekend, obviously, they've had a really good season in their first year of women's rugby in quite some time. How big of a challenge is it going to be to uh, to get over the top of them this weekend? Um, yeah, well, of course, you know, two weeks ago, the game sort of got out. I think we played, like, only one half, and the second half sort of got away from us. Um, but we've obviously learnt from that. They are a really good team. They've got some really good players on there. But um, we've studied them, and we know who to shut down, so, you know, Come Saturday, it'll just be another game, and we'll just go hard against them. And just to wrap up, obviously, all nine clubs in the competition this year tightly contested, no sort of clear front runners throughout. How special is it to see um, what's been a really exciting year of women's rugby, and hopefully continue to grow from there? Um, yeah, no. So it's really good um, seeing you know nine teams bond bringing in a team this year, and they were really competitive. But yeah, obviously um, going into finals, no one really knew. Um, like it can be anyone's game. There's no clear winner. Whereas you know the last previous years, it's always been Sunnybank. So yeah, like that's really exciting. You know the go the game is growing for women's footy, and um, yeah, like hopefully the nine teams will stick around for next year. Yeah. Well. Great stuff there from the girls. Be sure to get to Bellymore early on Sunday. They've got a 10 a.m. kickoff, or you can tune into the live stream via the QLD.rugby website. But, Jay, Prem Grade GF, East versus UQ, been a massive effort from everyone in club rugby to get to this point, mate, uh, with everything that's going on this year. But, mate, who is your pick this weekend for the 2020 title? Um, um, I'm going with, can you tell that I'm stalling? Um, uh, look, I'm, I'm going to go with East. I said, I've said just, look, I've said all season, this season is East to lose. They've got too, too much of a, an experienced and well-balanced squad. Um, you know, I thought... This weekend, Sunday was going to be wet, but now it's said to be nice and sunny. So that definitely obviously favours UQ. But what we saw last week was exactly what Jeeps need to, uh, sorry, uh, East need to do. And they did so against Bond um, after Bond knocked off Jeeps the week before. So look, the, the tough thing about this one source is that <clears throat> it's two sides that play two different brands of football. You know, it's not as easy as calling, say, an East first Jeeps game and you go, whoever wins the set piece probably wins this match, you know, or it's not as easy as calling like a, a UQ versus Bond game where you go, whoever sets the tempo wins this match. You've got a side like UQ who we saw two weeks ago when Jordy Lenac pushes the, um, the button and they push hard and, and he keeps that tempo going. He can actually wrestle the game away from the opposition and, they can run them off the park and, and really attack on the fringes. Whereas we saw last weekend when East do the same, when Pilsy plays some high tempo footy and controls the pace and puts those little box kicks in and then their big boys start to go to work in a set piece. East can set the tempo and, and um, be the ones that dictate how a game goes. So I, I think whoever gets the ascendancy early, East can't let, UQ come out of the blocks as fast as they did two weeks ago. They need to come out. They need to smash them. And at the same time, as soon as they get any sense of ascendancy, be it at the set piece, be it at the tempo, they need to turn the screws. Two weeks ago, they were very much maligned. 
and they took it all too lightly. And I think their tactics were well off. I think this weekend they get you saw what Godjuri did against Zane Nongal last weekend, mate. Big George Francis. I think if he gets one scrum scrum penalty, expect to see Ben Moen go. Let's go again. Let's go again. Let's go again. Let's go again. So yeah, I, I, I'm going East because I've said all season is their season to lose but mate, I think it's going to be an absolute corker because as I said before you've got two sides that play different brands of footy so you never know what's going to happen look mate it's probably no secret which way uh, my mind's going but um... you care <laughs> yeah funny one mate <laughs> um, but mate I think Hello. oh <laughs> it's a real funny one because we just saw the other week if East don't come out, get the ball rolling, UQ will get on top of them, I think. And you just you can't afford to slip up against a side like UQ. They will make you hurt. No. So no. even if even like even if you look at that Bond versus GPS game and you look at those final few scrums and where Jeeps had ascendancy in the lead up to that last one, um, where Bond got the penalty, like Scotty and Malou were pulling the ball out of the back of the scrum too early and throwing the pass. Like, that that sort of a slip-up just completely negated the scrum pressure that the Gallopers had. So... Yeah. 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 So, little things like that could potentially have a much bigger impact on the game like we're going to see on mm-hmm. Sunday. So... Yeah. We just... Uh, yeah. East, East can't afford to put a foot wrong, I think. That's... I think they can get the job done. They can't afford to put a foot wrong. That's it. That's it. I agree, mate. They, like, East, look, if premierships were easy to win, everybody would win premierships. You need to play a near-perfect game to come away with a hospital challenge cup. It's that simple. No team stumbles and bumbles and trips over their own feet into winning uh, a premiership. It's the team that is most legit on the day, essentially. And these, these two sides are exactly that. Hito's going for his sixth premiership in 12 seasons of coaching at UQ. Um, and Mudge, just in his first, is looking to go for what one for one. So a hell of a story on both sides of the on the ticket here. But, you know, I like Hito is a freak. He's an absolute gun. And if anyone can coach a side to a premiership, it's clearly him. But at the same time, you know, East are no easy beats. So, yeah, I mean, at the risk of sounding cliched, the better team on the day is going to win it. It's that simple. Whoever executes comes away with a buttered confection. Very true, mate. Well, mate, I am definitely looking forward to Sunday. I know you are, but uh, we'll park it there for now. But thanks very much for joining us, mate. And thanks very much for helping out during the season as well. Always a pleasure, Sauce, and a big thank you to you, brother. Like this season couldn't have gone ahead without you, mate. You're the you're the um, lifeblood of this game here in Queensland, mate. And everybody owes a great amount of gratitude to you, brother. So thanks very much for another absolute stellar season. I can't wait to rip in. Probably a bit over the top there, mate. Oh, mate, no, mate. Like <laughs> a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of this doesn't get done if it isn't for you, Southie boys. So we appreciate your efforts, brother. Oh, mate, I'm just doing my job, but I want to give a massive shout out to 
all the general managers at all the clubs, all the presidents, um, obviously players and coaches, but especially the volunteers. Um, there's a massive effort put in by everyone to get to this point. A lot of Zoom meetings and all that sort of stuff before we were all out of lockdown <laughs> by the GMs, a lot of planning, a lot of uh, writing to the government and Gavin Head and Connor Ellis and our comp management at QIU did a massive job as well there. So, um, yeah, it's been a mammoth effort to get to this point and I think uh, everyone will breathe a sigh of relief after the weekend with uh, that we got we got <laughs> to the end point. So congratulations to, to everyone involved and a big thanks to, to everyone in Clubland who helped out, be that being a COVID safe officer or getting out and helping set up some extra bollards and stuff like that to direct people through the correct entry and all that sort of stuff over the last few weekends. It's been uh, been a huge effort. 100%, mate. Look, it's just great to be playing footy again. I can't wait for Sunday and I can't wait for 2021. That's for sure, brother. All good. Well, thanks, mate. And we will catch you at Bellymore on Sunday. All right. Love you, brother. Latrons. Latrons.